Hello, and welcome to the Gospel Everyday Podcast, following along with the Mariner's Church annual read. There is unlimited grace for us today, no matter what happens, because of who Jesus is and what He has done. I'm Tiffany Lyons, and I'll be your host. Today, we are talking about what we've been talking about for the last several days, marriage. Now, I have to admit, just right off the bat, as soon as I saw the topic for the next few days, I kind of thought to myself, this is amazing. I'm not married. I can take a pass at this whole thing. I mean, this is like what every married person needs to look at and focus on. But for me, I'm single, probably can't apply these truths. And then I had to go and read what the Kellers were talking about and quickly realized that's not true at all. And so whether you're listening and you are married or you're listening and you are single just like me, I believe that there are some fundamental truths that can absolutely change our lives for the better if we pay attention. Now, like I said, I am single right now. But I also view this season as a season where I'm preparing to get married. Now, some of you might be thinking, whoa, Tiffany, I didn't know that you were engaged. Congratulations. Well, um, I've got some good news, bad news situation. Good news, still on the market. Bad news, not engaged. So how am I in a season of preparation for marriage if I'm not even engaged? Maybe um, I'm dating someone and it's serious. Um, And I've got good news, bad news for you there, too. I am not dating anybody, so it's not serious at all, but good news, I'm still on the market. So if that's the case, how in the world am I in a season where I am preparing for my marriage? I believe that it is possible and it is wise for every single one of us to be preparing for this season of marriage even before we step into a relationship with another person. And what I mean by that is when we do get married, when we do have that relationship with somebody, there are these things that are going to come up to the surface. It's how we treat one another. There are things that are going to come up that maybe we didn't even know we needed to be prepared for. And so today we're talking about this idea of grace. And so whether you are married or you're not married, I believe that if we fully embrace this idea of grace that the Kellers are talking about, our marriages are going to be unbelievable. Maybe today you're in a marriage that's already really awesome. And if that's the case, I'm so happy for you. Or maybe you're in a marriage that's okay, but could be better. Or maybe if you're honest, you're listening today because you heard that this was about marriage and you thought I'm desperate and I need hope and you're talking about preparing for something that isn't even here. I'm in it right now and it is hard and is it too late for me? And if that's you, I want you to know there is hope. There is absolutely hope. I believe that the best days of your marriage could be ahead of you. And I love that God has showed us what we can do to have better relationships within the context of marriage. And this can also be applied to any other relationship. But today we're talking about marriage. And we look at Proverbs eleven sixteen, and it says, A kind-hearted woman gains honor, but ruthless men gain only wealth. And here's where we zoom in today. This word kind-hearted. The Kellers talk about how often kind-hearted is described as charming or beautiful, but that the word literally means gracious. 
I looked gracious up in the dictionary and I was blown away at what I saw. Gracious. There's there's two ways to look at this. And the first one, it says, number one, courteous, kind, and pleasant. And it says smiling and gracious in defeat. And so we think about that and we think, oh man, that's amazing. You could be like a gracious loser. You can be kind or pleasant. I mean, those are all very nice things. But then the second way that the dictionary actually talks about this word gracious actually has in parentheses, it says, in Christian belief, showing divine grace. And then it talks about how I am saved by God's gracious intervention on my behalf. So even by the world standards, they recognize that when it comes to this word gracious, you've got the human grace that we can give in our own strength, which is courteous and kind and pleasant, very good. But then there is this second kind of gracious that only is found in this Christian belief as they talk about. And it's this God-given ability to show divine grace. Divine grace. When you think about these two kinds of grace, here's my question for you. Which one do you want to receive? I mean, if you think about the kind of grace that you wish your spouse would give to you, do you want the pleasant, hey, I can be kind of gracious in this moment grace, or do you want this God-given divine grace given to you? I think about the grace that God has shown me in that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me and forgave me of my sins and reconciled myself to him. That is divine grace, grace that I don't deserve, grace that I am so grateful for that our Jesus gave me. And this is the same kind of divine grace that if I'm honest with myself, even though I know people can't really give me that grace in their own strength, I sure want them to try because it just is so life-giving. I love what the Kellers say. They say this, so Christians must inject gospel grace into their marriage. The idea of injecting gospel grace into our marriages sounds incredible, but it sounds so unattainable. So how do we do that? How can we actually have this gospel grace injected into our marriages and our relationships? Well, I love how the Kellers say this. They say marriage requires the ability to forgive freely without a shred of superiority and to repent freely without begrudging. Those two things are so difficult. The ability to forgive freely without a shred of superiority and to repent freely without begrudging. If I'm honest with myself, I definitely have forgiven, but I've had at least a couple shreds of superiority connected to that forgiveness. And if I'm honest with myself, maybe I've repented, but kind of with this begrudging attitude. And my guess is I'm not the only one. It's really hard to just like purely forgive, no strings attached. What's that about? Or maybe repent without feeling this like sense of like begrudging, um, you know, when it comes to that. And I started to think through how is it possible for us to manage the feelings that might come with the obedience? And what I love is that our feelings should never lead us 
or should never be in charge of what we do. And yet we have emotions and we have feelings. So how can we get to this? How can we actually command our feelings to feel a certain way so that we're not living with a sense of superiority or the sense of begrudging? I mean, what do we do? Well, one of the things that has helped me is just change what I'm looking at. And it changes my perspective. And one of the stories that has totally wrecked me as I think through this idea of what I'm owed, and as I start to measure the amount of grace I want to give people or the amount of forgiveness I want to give people, is this parable that Jesus tells in Matthew 18. See, in Matthew 18, we find Peter, and Peter goes to Jesus, and he asks the question about how many times does he actually need to forgive a brother or a sister who hurts him? And that seems like a valid question. And he says, hey, Jesus, do you think it's seven times? And uh, Jesus replies, seven? Hardly. Try 70 times seven. And then he proceeds to tell this story. And this story is a parable that helps illustrate what he is trying to teach Peter in this moment. And I believe could actually help you and I when it comes to our marriages and when it comes to our relationships. He tells the story of a king who had lent money to different people. He had lent money to his servants. And so he decides that he's going to rectify all of his accounts. And so he brings these servants who owe him money to him. And this is where the story begins. He sees this servant who is brought before him, who owes him $100,000. And he couldn't pay up. And so the king ordered this man along with his wife and his children and all of his goods to be auctioned off at the market. And this man just throws himself at the feet of the king and says, give me a chance. I'll pay it all back. And this, this groveling man, it touched the king's heart. And so he ends up saying, hey, I'm going to erase your entire debt. Go in freedom. And so this man comes in weighing down with this debt that he owes the king and all of a sudden realizes there's no way he can pay this debt back. He's going to have this huge punishment. And what happens when he begs for grace and for forgiveness? He forgives the entire thing. What an incredible story of forgiveness and freedom that this man has experienced because of the goodness and the graciousness of this king. And no sooner does this servant walk out of the room where he runs into another fellow servant who owes him $10. And he sees this servant from the throat. He grabs him from the throat and he demands, pay up now. And so this man throws himself down in front of this man who is saying, you owe me this money. And he says, give me a chance. I'll pay it back. And guess what this man does? He doesn't he give him any grace at all any forgiveness at all. Instead, he says, have this man arrested, put him in jail until he has paid everything that is owed to me. And so as this is happening, another servant sees this whole thing go down and he tells the king about what is going on. And the king summons the man who he had offered this lavish forgiveness and grace. And he says, you evil servant, I forgave you an entire debt when you begged me for mercy. Shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servants who are asking for mercy? 
The king was so furious, and so he put the screws to the man until he paid it back. His, his entire debt had to be paid back. And that's exactly what the Father in heaven is going to do to each and every one of you who doesn't forgive. This is what Jesus tells Peter. This is the kind of forgiveness and grace that Jesus wants for us to demonstrate toward others. You see, if we first look, instead of looking at the debt that people are owed us, the the hurt that people have given us, if we look at that alone, we can justify maybe not forgiving them and not showing grace. But if we shift our eyes upward to the God who has shown us grace, then we can't help but be so grateful by the debt that Jesus forgave us that we then look at other people with the extraordinary amount. Just like the dictionary says, it's in the Christian belief that it is a extra glorious, it is a gracious intervention. It is a divine grace. It's possible if we shift our eyes to the one who has shown us grace. Let me pray for us today. Lord, I come to you today, and I thank you that you have given us the tools, you have given us wisdom to know how to have a good marriage. Lord, I pray for everyone who is single and who is not yet married. Would you show us how we can practically, actively practice this idea of giving grace to others in light of the grace that you've shown us? And I pray for those who are listening to the sound of my voice, who are in marriages where grace is needed, where they don't know if they're going to make it through another month, another year in this relationship, because perhaps grace was not freely given the way you intended. Lord, would you pour your anointing out on your sons and your daughters? Would you show them how to give this divine grace that only you can give? May we keep our eyes focused on what you have done for us so that when it comes to looking at others, we would look at them with that same grace, the divine grace that only comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for allowing us to be a part of your day. Please be sure to subscribe and share. You can tune in tomorrow for fresh new content. And remember, no matter what happens, there is unlimited grace for us today because of who Jesus is and what he has done. For questions about service times and more, you can access all information about Mariner's Church by downloading the Mariner's app at your favorite app store, visiting the website at marinerschurch.org, or by finding us on Instagram, Instagram handle Mariner's Church. Till next time, have a great day.